Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. It's kind of cold. I'm freezing today. It's cold in here. I cannot wait for those warm days to come. Yesterday, I actually went and I got a car wash and I rode home with the windows down. It was cold, but it wasn't freezing and the sun was out. So it was nice. Yeah. For So for our listeners that don't know, we're out in the East Coast, New England. So we get we get some bitter cold. We do. I will say, though, I like the changes in season. I do like having the fall, winter, spring and summer. I as much as I say I'd love to live in a warm climate. I don't think I could do that year round either. Yeah, I think change is good. Right. It's like we talk about this all the time. It's that the first day after really cold winter that, you know, it's been in the teens or below. And then that first day that it's like you know, 55, 60, and you can actually drive with your window open. Yeah, you have like a short sleeve shirt on and you're like, yes, or even just like a long sleeve. Yeah, those are definitely, uh, those are are the days I I live for. The type of music that I listen to changes as well. I'm like, I need something upbeat, the sun's out. So I think yesterday for my mood alone, the sun was welcoming, absolutely. Yeah, it's strange that you say that you're cold today because it's actually warmer today than it's been. It's a warm week comparatively because yeah. it's been uh, the last the last month was kind of bitter cold. Well, the last couple weeks at least. Yeah, it was. So what are we talking about today? Well, we wanted to talk about abandonment, right? You yeah. brought that up to me and said, um, well, you'd probably be a good podcast to talk about abandonment. Yeah. Uh, overcoming it, abandonment in particular, right? Yeah, I mean, it is... A huge underlying factor, a byproduct of trauma from childhood that people don't realize they have that affects us in our everyday life. Yeah. And, you know, how we deal with it is is very different as well. You know, it's funny that you mentioned it. Well, it's not funny, but um, it's interesting that you brought that up because when we talk about abandonment issues, we kind of key in on you, right? You, yeah. you, you have more abandonment issues. But as we were kind of fleshing out what we were going to talk about, and looking at the notes that you gave me, I can actually, you know, I deal with abandonment issues too. You in, do. <laughs> in, in a way. I just I just dealt with it a little differently, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, we, when we get into it, we can talk about it. But, you know, you think abandonment people are leaving you, so you want to hold on. You're, you're the opposite. Yeah, well, I think it's it, not so much the opposite, but I think it, the similarity is there, but mm-hmm. you know we just deal with it. I think our personalities are different, yep. and we just deal with it differently. Where you tend to, you know, try to hold on to what you don't have. I embrace the potential of abandonment, so I push away anyone that can be self sabotage. Yeah, potentially get close <laughs> because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll I'm not gonna to get there. exactly. I'm not gonna get abandoned, so I just I avoid yeah. the connection. Yeah. Why, altogether. why connect if if you know this is what's gonna end up happening? So let's just right into it. So what do you let's let's start with def- defining abandonment. Well, abandonment it doesn't necessarily have to be that someone walks out of your life. So abandonment is when. Your needs aren't met by people who were supposed to be caretakers in your life as a child. This doesn't have to necessarily mean there was a divorce or that there was some type of emotional neglect in the home. But death, someone passing away is a part of abandonment. So just feeling like you're you don't matter to someone and that they're just inconsistent in your life provides a level of abandonment. 
So I think this is a good place to start with. Why don't we talk about what our abandonment issues stem from, just so our listeners can kind of draw some parallels. So like a little introduction? Well, with me, I mean, I grew up in a home where there was my mother and there was my brother's father, but my father being in and out of my life because of issues between my parents felt like abandonment to me because I just wanted to be with my dad. I looked forward to those every other weekends with him. So I think I felt abandoned in that aspect. Also from a familial perspective, because there was my stepfather's family, that was my brother's family, but I never really felt 100% connected and accepted by them. And so that was really tough for me. My mother leaving when I was in middle school, you know, and substance abuse issues and in and out of my life and leaving me there. That was another level of abandonment. And then finally, her passing was yet another level of abandonment. So it's it's compounded and complex from my perspective. Yeah, that's interesting because it's like with you in particular, right, you were yearning for that connection, right? You wanted Um, You wanted people to love you in a way that they weren't showing other than your father. And your father was kind of a bit a bit scary for you. Yes. But he was the only person that you felt like now. Now, as an adult, I can see. Yeah. Now that as an adult, we've processed through this and you can kind of see that, you know, your father was always there. He always genuinely loved you. He just didn't because of his own trauma. Right. His own and his own trauma parenting. He didn't he didn't appropriately show it to you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I agree with that. And I and I don't even I didn't even realize, like, as I'm doing this trauma work and trauma therapy, like the other day or I don't say the other day, but a couple of weeks ago, I was like, my dad was the only one that loved me. Like at the end of the day, I can genuinely say without a question of a doubt that that man loved me and would and did the best that he could for me with what he had went to court and fought for me. I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah, I think and I think your mother loved you, you know, for what I what I've heard of you talked and other people. But I think she you know, I think she genuinely loved you. I think it was a little bit more misplaced. I don't think she knew how to love herself. Absolutely. um, And that was, you know, a hindrance. And I also think it was more conditional than, you know, like what you what you experienced with your father. So I think that's where the abandonment kind of stems from. Right. You wanted that unconditional love from the people that were closest to you, which in your case were, you know, your stepfather and your mother. And they weren't giving you that unconditional love. It was always Mm -hmm. some type of conditional love. It was based upon my behavior and stuff and how I did things for them and how they were feeling. You know, if they were feeling in relatively happy, healthy mental space then Courtney was good. And I think that the abandonment comes from the fact that I only got that love when I saw my dad. And because I saw him so inconsistently because of my mother withholding me from seeing him or whatever, I felt abandoned by that. It was tough. And then when he would get in relationships and his girlfriends had children of their own, it was like having to share him with them, too. That was tough for me. Yeah, see, so that's interesting. Interesting. Um, So with me, uh, I'm kind of the other side of this whole coin. Right. And we'll talk about how. We dealt with these abandonment, you know, in a, in a minute. But with me, I, I, I know my mother loved me. Mm-hmm. I, again, I think the same situation. Right. I don't think she understood what unconditional love meant. I always felt and I've said this to you and I think this is part of, you know, now that we understand that she's a nar- has a narcissistic personality or these narcissistic traits. This is where it comes from. But I always felt like an object. I would never felt like a, a person. You know, I always felt like her property. Right. right. So as her property, I felt like, you know, she did the best she could, you know, when I was when I was younger. 
But what that meant was a lot of the times, like she she was looking for approval from from certain people as well in her life. I can see that now, but it was always a struggle with her wanting the best for herself and wanting the best for or, or what she thought was the best for me. So you know what happened with me is as a child, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, right? As a child, I would be couple months with my mother and then she would realize she couldn't take care of me as a single mom or my father being in and out of the picture as a as an infant you know she had to work and support herself and her goals to bring her family here to to the US so she would take care of me then send me out to Peru uh, for my grandmother to take care of me child care issues were a big you know as a, as it is now they were issues back then and, you know, she put me in the care of some people that didn't really provide the best care for me. So she would send me to Peru and my grandmother would take care of me, but then she would miss me and then come get, come get me. So this swapping of, you know, uh, the, these times where I was a couple months here, a couple months there, you know, I, I, I wasn't able to establish a concrete bond with anyone mm-hmm. at a time that I needed to have a bond and, and some stability, you know, as a as a infant, I didn't have that. And I think that's where my abandonment started, yeah. right? Because I because of that lack of connection, then I also started to, as you know, I developed, I started to do the same thing, right? I I I felt subconsciously maybe, right? I felt like, oh, you know, this is only temporary, right? And because I that was ingrained in me this that every relationship was temporary I was always seeking okay when is the out going to be and let me not connect in any way permanently because I know this is a temporary situation I think that's in a way uh, you know how my abandonment issue started to yes ma- to manifest absolutely and I think this two points came to mind one I want to do a podcast on reactive attachment I think that would be fantastic but secondly you said something that I thought was really important to point out is that, you know, the first two years of anyone's, of a child's life, the first two years are significant. It's huge for attachment. That's when the attachment happens. So that would make a lot of sense in your case. Absolutely. So let's talk about the five core beliefs that people with abandonment issues have. Well, without even realizing it, you kind of touched upon one of them, which was that everyone leaves. So at some point, this is going to end. This person is going to leave, which creates this level of anxious attachment, which is actually an attachment theory, where you become so anxiously attached to that person that you want them to stay. Or because you believe that everyone leaves, you refuse to attach and you put walls up, which would be, you know, in your case. So yes, everyone leaves is is one of the top core beliefs under abandonment. Okay. So since we we believe, you know, that everyone leaves, there's also this other aspect to it where we don't trust others. We don't trust people. We don't trust easily. So Someone could have been in your life forever and they're telling you the same things over and over and over again and you just don't trust. And the reason why we don't trust is, is why bother trusting someone? Because they're going to end up leaving me anyway. So therefore, they're not a trustworthy person. Right. And then we go into the fact that at the end of the day, we don't think that we're getting the love that we deserve and that we need. It's It doesn't feel like it's enough. It doesn't feel like it's what we are worthy of. And so we become anxious about that and our abandonment issues are triggered then because we feel like we're not good enough and we're not getting what we should be getting. And then it goes into this other level where it's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, once people get to know who we are, 
they're going to reject us anyways. I mean, that's what's happened my whole life. So it's these underlying issues that this cycle that just reproduces in each and every relationship. And at the bottom of it, we just feel like we're failures. You know, we're failures because everyone leaves us. We can't trust anybody. Nobody gives us the love that we think we deserve. And by the time I start to show who I really am, they've left. So I must be a failure. And it's just this vicious cycle, these underlying paradigms and thought processes that we have that keep us in that. And it just kind of manifests into each and every relationships that we have. And it doesn't have to be intimate. Friendships, too. Let's talk about a little bit about how we, you know, we, we talked about what these core beliefs are, right? Which I I, I agree with fully, right? These yeah. are the things that that everyone with abandonment issues kind of shares, right? These are the the those innate feelings that you know that you either are aware of or you're not aware of that you're you're going through. But let's talk about a little bit about like personality because it's it's interesting now that we're talking about this, right? That that how you reacted or how you internalized the abandonment differently how than how I internalized the abandonment. So with you, you know, you constantly were looking towards someone to validate you right mm-hmm. you, you you know you con- the the pe- then we talked about the like the people pleasing and the constant not wanting someone to leave where i took the complete opposite approach i internalized everything and i felt like oh this is it's just me it's either going it's like me against everyone so i don't want anyone to get anywhere close cuz i'm not going to allow myself to get hurt mm-hmm. so it's the same issue just from two different sides of the coins so let's just talk a little bit about how it manifests within individuals and into couples. So let's talk a little bit more about how we can identify within ourselves and within our spouse when we have these abandonment issues. Okay. So again, you mentioned something that was really important, which is personality. So it really comes down to the type of person you are. But let me kind of just go over some generalized, you know, assessments that you can see within yourself and someone else. And for me, the biggest thing, you know, is clinginess. When you have these underlying fears of abandonment and you're more like me, you're going to cling to what you don't want to lose. And what's odd about that is that the clinging behavior and neediness behavior in that self is what pushes that other person to run a little bit quicker away from you, at which point we become more needy and more clingy because we're really trying to hold on to something that we want. And that in itself is a huge you know, factor that you can look into. And with that, you can put aside to it is fawning, you know? So someone could a hundred percent be in the wrong. Like your partner could have done you wrong, but because you're so afraid of losing them, you fawn, you make excuses for their behavior. You, you know, let them get away with certain things because you just don't want them to leave. So you are people pleasing, you are fawning, you are sucking up problems that aren't yours. You're taking on responsibilities that, you know, you need to let the other person every once in a while take responsibility for their own faults. But you're so afraid of losing them and them being upset at you that you swallow all of that. You know, those are two big things that you can absolutely look for. One of the other things, and, and I've seen this in myself, if someone, like if you're mad, if someone's mad, I get super anxious because are they mad at me? Did I say something? Are they, I mean, is this it? Like what's going to happen? And people get angry. People get upset and it doesn't always have to do with us. And that's another part of abandonment. Did we make this person upset because we subconsciously know or we make the connection that this person's upset, they're going to walk away and leave. Therefore, okay, they're going to leave me. And then all of a sudden you start getting extremely anxious and you find yourself trying to seek out any means to hold on to this person. 
And it's because we are super sensitive to any changes in any type of dynamic or of a relationship. So even if you're like, I'm done, I don't want to talk about this anymore. That means like I'm packing up my bags and I'm out. Now, in terms of like identifiers for a personality like mine, now like you've gone through things that you can see when it's a personality like yours. Yeah. Like for me, there are things like, you know, the self-sabotaging, right? Yep. That's a classic one, right? You've always looking for something in the in the person or the mate that allows you to to distance yourself, yeah, right? You're looking for flaws constantly. Exactly. You're constantly looking for flaws because it gives you that out, right? Yep. So again, that's all stems from this abandonment and like you said, the reactive attachment disorder, you know, which kind of is in line with, with that as well, yeah, right? We'll do a whole podcast on that. So yeah, so you're constantly looking for, okay, this is my out, right? It could be very minimal things. Yes, absolutely. Great point. This person doesn't want to spend some time with me. You know, you're you're seeking, you're looking at flaws at the other person. Like you're just literally trying to find any way to justify not attaching to something that you would like to attach to. Yeah, and, and it's it makes it's, sense. it's self-sabotaging. You know, it's classic self-sabotaging, yeah. you know, because if you have something good, especially if you have like a good relationship or someone that's very caring towards you, you know, you because you have that in the back of your mind, that yeah. this is not going to be permanent, that that you, you want to kind of get through that point as quickly as possible. You know, you yeah. want to get to the point if this person is going to abandon me. Let's, let's get this. Just get it over. Yeah, with let's get this done and, and over. And the reason with. why people self sabotage too is because you get to control the amount of pain. So you get to determine how much you're going to self sabotage. You know, am I going to go full throttle here? Am I going to totally do something so asinine that they're going to tell me to f off and walk away, or do I want to hold on to them a little bit? So you get to control the level of pain. That's why most people self sabotage. That's a lot easier than not knowing what's going to happen and then getting hit from the side and having to deal with the unexpected pain that comes from abandonment. That's interesting because it is a control. It, it yeah, has to do. It's what you have control of. Exactly. So it is definitely a personality trait and the yeah. personality, you know, and it can go either way, right? Yeah. It can be, uh, it could be a situation where a female has, needs to have that level of control and, and isn't doing the fawning or isn't doing the excessive clinginess. The male could be the one that's doing the excessive clinginess or the fawning. Yeah. So it's these these are interchangeable, not within gender. It yeah. has everything to do with personality. And, and you can actually have aspects of both. You know, as you start to change and as your abandonment starts to heal in certain places, you may find yourself going from fawning to being like, fuck you, I'm, I'm all done. You can go from one extreme to the next. And it's really finding that middle balance. I know that for myself, that as I started to heal that, I could see other parts, you know, and, and see other aspects of it. So, yes, I mean, what we just encompassed was both personalities and as you can see, they're interchangeable and showing these are the things to, to seek for in yourself and partners and friends. And that's really going to help you understand like, wait, this person is not a stage five clinger because they're a stage five clinger. There's other issues going on underneath potentially. I mean, you you don't want to just someone's just clinging and say it's abandonment because that could be a stage five clinger. But if they're presenting with like almost all of this, there's probably something underneath going on. And it'll give you a little perspective to ask some questions. Well, the important part here is that you need to, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, right? That in order for any of these situations to be rectified they first need to be acknowledged exactly so you have to see that okay if you realize that you're a stage five clinger right is there some reason and most likely there is probably some reason behind it but understanding why you're doing it so you can stop doing it is is the point exactly. right because you don't you you don't if you recognize that you're a clingy person right you want to 
change that behavior because that behavior is going to potentially could push a yeah, you know a, a, a good relationship away. Is a byproduct of what's underneath. Exactly, and the same thing with the self sabotage. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So let's um the next part is we're gonna really talk about like the tips and tricks that we have that we've done. Yeah. Exactly. You know, for you when you once you've recognized that you have abandonment issues within yourself, within your spouse, what are the things that we can do to help overcome these abandonment issues, right? So we're going we're gonna to pause quickly for a quick message, and then we'll be right back. We want to take a moment to thank our listeners for all their continued support. If you like the show, please consider supporting us via Venmo at QAskCourtney. That's the letter Q, Ask Courtney. Any amount is appreciated and will help us to be here with you on your self-improvement journey. You can also reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-H-A-N-Y media.com. Thank you. Now back to our podcast. So we've been talking about abandonment issues and mm-hmm. recognizing abandonment issues. So let's really talk about like how do we overcome these well, once we've realize recognize that within ourselves and within our spouse well i mean here's the first thing you got to own your abandonment you have to sit with it you have to be able to say and i had to do this i was abandoned i need to own the fact that i have abandonment issues and make it mine accept it for what it is because most people like now i don't have abandonment issues now that's not me that's the first mistake you need to own it there's no other way around it and when you say own it it's really understand that it's not your fault either, you know? The things Absolutely. that happened, like you, like we talked about, right? These issues stem from very early childhood, within those first couple years of, of development, right? That you experience these things, and that's where it, it kind of stems. It can also come from later in life, but in particular, what we're talking about is, is something that is on set very early in your childhood. So owning them, understanding that it's not, that it wasn't your fault is important. Understanding that whoever abandoned you or whoever made you feel this way or, or triggered these feelings, understanding that in some cases it couldn't have been helped, you know, the situation for whatever reason, but get moving past, all right, this is what happened in the past, understanding that it happened now, like we've talked about as well, right? Owning that and and instead of using it as a negative making it into a positive is is what you're talking about by owning the abandonment. Yeah, so when I say own your abandonment, that's exactly what I'm saying is you are not responsible for your trauma, but you're responsible for your healing. So you have to own what's there, you know? And the next part I would say is, you know, allow yourself time to grieve the loss of yourself. Grieve the loss of what happened growing up. Grieve the fact that you missed out on being loved and cared for in a certain way and being valued and appreciated. You need to grieve that. You can't just get up and be like, yeah, well, you know, it is, this is, it is what it is. You can have it is what it is attitude when you've grieved it and you've lost, but you have to just kind of go through it and you have to look at, and this is, again, goes with the people of people. When you grieve the loss of self and loss of years and what was stolen from you, I mean, people took from you. You didn't ask to get brought into this world. You didn't get asked to get the family that you were given, but it was what you were given and you don't have control over that. But you need to take the time to say, this is what I missed. And because I missed that, these are the behaviors and struggles that I am dealing with as an adult. And so I'm going to take some time to grieve that so that I can come up with an effective method and way to see what I'm going to need moving forward. How can I give those things to myself? And that comes with inner child healing. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to recommend the inner child healing podcast because yes. that, that would be very important to, to do that 
in that process of owning your abandonment is to do that inner child healing that you know tough work to get you to that point. And we should probably do another podcast on healing the inner child. I think so. Because um, I think that would be important. It's important, especially in these types of traumas that are onset at early childhood, to be able to go back and start the healing process from that point. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Because the, the the podcast that we're referring to is Childhood Trauma and Guided Meditation. And there's like an eight-minute guided meditation at the end where we go through and you can try to connect with your inner child. But I think having a full-fledged podcast just dedicated to how do you know you have inner child healing, I think would be kind of awesome and how to go about it. So the next part is, is once you've owned it, once you've grieved the loss of, of what you missed out on, you need to write down what or which one of these issues you're presenting with. If you're clingy, you know, if you find yourself fawning, you know, if you believe that everyone leaves you, write them all down. Okay. And then you tackle one of them at a time, right? So you look at the list and say, man, which one do I do the most? Which one affects me the most? For me, it was clinginess. I'm still working on that. You know, it happens. And just try to work on that one behavior. Start examining that one behavior. Okay. So I'm clingy right around this time. These are circumstances where my significant other or friends told me I'm too needy. Let me write those things down and start paying attention to what triggers you to be clingy and needy. And then you do the investigative work and you start putting measures in place. So for me, what helps me is I'll have to express, hey, this is my time where I'm kind of clingy. And so I might need to, you know, ask for a hug or something every once in a while. You need to be able to express that. Don't always do it, but I'm working on it. So just tackle one of those things at a time because it takes a while and you don't want to be taking on too much. Yeah. And these are, remember, these are behaviors and these are habits. So yeah. they're, they're hard to break. You know, so don't be hard on yourself and don't overwhelm yourself either. You know, make exactly. the list, see, and then tackle each each behavior or each habit one one at a time. And, and it's really not about defeating or, or eliminating the behavior altogether. It's just about being more aware. Yeah, because it's never going to go away. Like clinginess is a part of you. <laughs> like, I wish it was going to go away, but you can just manage it, recognize it work through it. And if there's times that you fail to recognize you're clingy and your significant other says that you are, just accept right away, okay? Just kind of walk away, go take some space from yourself. It's going to happen. No one's going to be perfect. Healing isn't a cure. It's just a way to help you not be controlled by your past, you know? So have realistic expectations on what healing looks like for yourself. So that kind of goes into like two more points I wanted to make. The next one is, is people always ask me, well, what kind of therapy will help with this way of thinking. And you don't need to go see a therapist that specializes in CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy because you can do reframing all by yourself. You can reframe your thoughts all by yourself. And that comes down to saying to yourself, I'm worthy of the good in my life. You know, say those on your best days when you're not manifesting with some of these issues that are going on. We don't find yourself clingy or fawning, but on days we feel balanced, say, hey, I'm worthy of the good that's in my life. You keep telling yourself that even in your best times. So when those difficult days come, your brain remembers that, hey, I'm worthy of what is going on in my life. I'm worthy of this relationship or friendship. So you're going to be less likely to engage in some of those, you know, behaviors, some of those abandonment behaviors. Yeah, self-validation is very important. Just be able to, you know, you have to be your own best friend. And yep. that a lot of the times is is a big issue for people with your personality, right? That's that's why you're you're clingy and that's why you seek the validation of others. You find yourself worth in that other person that you're with. So it's important to again just be your own best friend, 
be your own comfort in in those times once you can do that for yourself you'll you'll see that that other person is a lot more open and able to to be that for you and one thing i want to say about reframing thoughts is that when you have abandonment you're constantly thinking does this person like me does this person is this person going to leave like ask yourself do i friggin like this person do i like this person like is this person cool right now we need to start asking ourselves what we like because we may find that we don't like what we want to like us because we're so concerned about being liked that we forget that what we like matters too. So again, reframing your thoughts is going to be huge. And that's something that is going to be a work in progress. We are all works in progress. We're all our own muses. We have our own journeys. It's going to take time. But the tips that we've talked about and the triggers that we've talked about and the ways to recognize it in ourselves and others is a starting jumping off point. Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, you have to, and and grieving the loss of self, right? Yeah. Understanding what that means and, you know, giving yourself the time to say, you know what, this is this is who I was and now this is who I, I want to be. Absolutely. And it is a journey and, you know, being comfortable taking that journey. Exactly. I wholeheartedly agree with that. So I felt like we really did touch upon abandonment in a way that was tangible and People could really kind of take from this and say, hey, do I have underlining abandonment issues? And, you know, I think that that's we have a place to start. Yeah. And that's that's all we're here for. Right. Just to kind of give you a different perspective, see certain things, because we don't have the answers to everything. Right. No, we can't give you the answers to everything because every person is uniquely different, has a completely different experience and has a completely different road to to healing and has a different journey to take. So we're just here to. Open the door for you to begin your healing process. So you start to notice these because that's we've talked about it in every podcast, right? Once you start to notice, once you start to realize these things about yourself or about your spouse, you can start to work on it. Exactly. The number one factor to heal trauma is mindfulness and self-awareness. And this is where it starts. So. There you go. There you have it. There's a little bit on abandonment that you can take away and see if it applies to you or see if it applies to someone that you care deeply about. And they manifest with these things. And now you have something to listen to with a friend. Yeah. And if you want to shoot us an email, let us know if it related to you, if it affected you in any way. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Yes. And our next podcast, I think we're going to we're going to get a little bit more controversial than we have been, I think. Right. Uh, Because we're we're looking at doing church and mental health that came as a request by the way yeah so let's let's uh we'll broaden it a bit and say religion and mental health because that's what it all encompasses so it's absolutely and it's a hot topic for me because i if you heard me on on another podcast be prepared guys it's kind of a trigger for me but um you know i'll I'll try to keep my opinion well we're not going to really talk so much about our own personal beliefs but how the construct of it can affect how we improve upon ourselves and how we address our mental health issues exactly so stay tuned for that and absolutely we'll uh we'll end that the podcast here so guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at Ask.Courtney, on Instagram at AskCourtney underscore, and on YouTube at AskCourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys, so make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together, so stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.